Welcome to Be Ye Hearers, a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Now, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. It has been four years since I stepped into the pulpit at St. James's and preached my first sermon. For me, it was the culmination of a spiritual journey that had started at the end of the previous February when I received a phone call from one of the members of your search committee. While there was no doubt a certain amount of trepidation as I stepped into the pulpit of a brand new church, I also had the the feeling that the Holy Spirit had brought me to where I was supposed to be. And looking back on that special day, it has been a blessing to serve as your rector and to get to know this wonderful church family. At the same time, I am aware that the uh, past year and a half has not come without a few challenges here and there, right? I don't recall the search committee mentioned any of those things. We can all agree, I think, that there is little the pandemic has not touched in our daily lives these past 19 months. And those of us leading churches have been faced with the unenviable task of figuring out how to do ministry when you're not allowed to let people get together. I can assure you we had no classes at General Seminary on how to do church when you can't have church, okay? That did not exist. But our time in exile, I think, has also given us an opportunity to reflect more deeply on the the essence of our Christian faith and our witness. We have continued, as you know, to do outreach projects. We've continued to gather online for Christian formation. We've been able to have smaller, uh, more intimate gatherings in people's homes. Uh, We've been able to be faithful, even when some of the more traditional means of expressing our faith have been temporarily taken from us. And with the specter of COVID and its variants hanging over our heads this morning, our church has, despite many obstacles uh, over the past 19 months, been able to be faithful, be faithful to its mission. And as your rector, I am keenly aware each and every day of my life that none of this would be possible without, of course, all of you good folks, without the leadership of our vestry, our lay leaders, um, other clergy, and of course our wonderful church staff. I'm grateful this morning to all of those, all of those good folks who have served on our church's staff in the past year and a half uh, during the pandemic and those who continue to serve faithfully today. And while our new normal is a bit different from the past, we should continue, I think, my friends, to remind ourselves that Christians have certainly faced similar hardships uh, down through the centuries. If anything, it's probably been a bit unusual that for the past uh, 240 plus years of our nation's history, uh, Christians have enjoyed a time when uh, we were not persecuted. We did not uh, face imprisonment or death uh, like many of our brothers and sisters in China and in places of the Middle East do face today in their daily lives. As I said to a few people in the past year uh, when they were complaining to me about various restrictions, I would say to them, well, my friends, at least on the bright side, uh, the Romans are not throwing us to the lions anymore. Okay, so let's, let's look on the bright side here. This is a time, though, in our history where St. James's, we are being 
ask to stay faithful to the promises that all of us have made in our baptisms, to, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving, loving our neighbors as ourselves, despite all the challenges that go along with that. This is the time where we're called to be courageous in faith, loyal to one another, focused on, focused on being doers of God's word in a world that continues, continues, as we all know, uh, to be torn apart by strife and division, a world that is in de desperate need of healing, healing. As I said this past June, when worship resumed in our church, we all, we all, my friends, we need each other in the days, the weeks, and the months which lie ahead. I say this knowing full well the path forward together is not always easy, uh, and some of us probably have just gotten out of the habit of attending church uh, these past months. This feeling reminded me of a, of a funny story from a previous church. Uh, several years ago in Atlanta, I was uh, celebrating a, a Wednesday night communion at a church called Holy Comforter. Uh, once a month, our ECW would make dinner for this mission parish in which about roughly 60% of the church members lived with some form of mental illness or other physical challenges. Now, during the distribution of communion, I was passing out wafers with my usual sentence, um, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. And most of you who come forward probably have heard folks say, at least here, that when they receive the bread, they say things like, um, amen, or thanks be to God. That's, that's kind of your regular response. Well, as I was passing out bread at Holy Comforter, I, I came to one lady, and after she received the wafer, she looked at me in a, a very clear and a loud voice. She said, so everybody could hear, well, Thank God that's over. <laughs> uh, of course, my first thought was, you know, the sermon hadn't been that bad. <laughs> but as I thought about my own reactions to church services during the pandemic, I began to understand what it means uh, at times in our lives when, when worship or church can seem a bit like uh, drudgery. I mean, I certainly got tired of preaching to a video camera, and I'm sure uh, many of you got tired of watching. We have all in the past year probably thought about church in various ways uh, and maybe even have muttered to ourselves, well, you know, thank God that's over. I suspect, though, that that feeling has not come so much from our impatience with uh, the church services themselves. I think those are obviously still important to us, but I think it's also tied up, my friends, in the, the grief, the grief we all feel from not being together with one another in our church and in this sanctuary that we love so well. It can also be, I think, a grief that can come from not being able to live out um, our particular vision of what we think church life should be at James's, which I believe sometimes also it's not such a terrible thing for Christians, at least Christians that live in the West, to, to, to encounter this. There's uh, certainly an aspect of Christian life uh, as this journey and path takes us, which, which reminds us that our prayer should never be, my will be done, but thy will be done, thy will be done, and that's much harder. And sometimes, of course, we, we have to lose things in order to come to a deeper, a new appreciation of what truly matters to our life of faith. This is precisely, I think, what the disciples found out on that very good first Friday. They lost their vision of what they wanted our Lord to be. They wanted Jesus to be an earthly ruler who would toss the Romans out of Israel once and for all and be crowned a new king of Israel. 
They thought at that particular moment it was all over, their vision was gone, and with it their faith and their purpose that they had for life. And I know some are tempted to say it may be over for us as well, that it makes little sense to go on in a world that regards Christians as irrelevant, out of touch. The, the pandemic is somehow our, our swan song. Let me say this morning in the strongest possible way, our mission, our ministry at St. James's is not over. We are not done, and I will never give up on the commitment I made four years ago when I became rector. We are all here. We are here as the living, breathing body of Christ at this time in our church's history because this church needs us, and our Lord is asking us to do two very simple things. We are called to confess our faith in Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And we're called, as it says in our gospel this morning, to pick up that cross and to follow him. Peter's confession, in fact, reminds us that our faith as Christians starts with the answer to that simple but critical question. Just as our Lord asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? We are asked each day of our lives that very same question. We are asked that question each time we choose our wills over God's, when we choose to worship the, God, the false gods of power, of our power-drunk and self-centered world. We are asked that question each week, each week in this place, when we are gathered, nursing the very wound each of our souls, seeking once again that, that compassionate and forgiving love of God that can make us all whole and bring healing to all of our lives. Who do you say that I am? This is an inescapable question in each of our Christian lives. Each one of us, each one of us comes to terms and wrestles with this question in some way. There are days where the answer may seem other days where the going is tough and the answer seems more elusive. But the answer to that question, my friends, always begins in this place where we gather, where we worship, where we learn the hard lessons together of what it means, what it means to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourselves, all for the sake of the gospel. For you see, it's not, it's not only a question that matters on an individual level, it's, it matters when it comes to the spiritual strength and vitality of our church. Our confession, our community's confession of Jesus as our Savior is expressed in the creeds we say together, and more importantly, in the active doing, the doing of God's Word that shapes and forms all of our lives together. Authentic Christian life must, must take place within a community of believers. Believers much like you and me, people who are flawed, sinful, but still redeemed by the great power of Christ's transformative love, a love that has the potential to transform who we are and the world outside our walls. This, my friends, is the, the life-changing message of Christ's gospel, 
and the power that can come when our community, when our community of faith at St. James's, we gather together and we have the courage to say to God, thy will be done, thy will be done through each one of us. This morning, my friends, we are gathered in this place to start a brand new chapter in the story of St. James's. We are here because the work of our church is certainly not over, thank God. And we should always remind ourselves, and this is important, we should remind ourselves there is only one person, one person who will ever be able to tell us our mission is done. And I can assure you that person is not back yet, okay? He's not here yet. So let us today recommit ourselves to the work Christ has given us to do. Let us come back together as a church family and with glad hearts and generous spirits, let us not grow weary in well-doing. To God be the glory always. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.